and welcome to Westchester Words UK and International. I'm Rebecca Jerose Croft, Managing Director for Education at Westchester Education Services. Today I'm talking with Harry Waters, teacher, content creator and founder of Renewable English, a free online resource that gives educators the tools to raise climate change awareness. Harry, it's great to have you here today. Thank you for joining me. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Let me start with a congratulations as you've recently won an award at the Eltons. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Well, thank you very much. I have indeed. A project I worked on, we were nominated and finalists in the learner resource category. Uh, and we received the judge's commendation for environmental sustainability and climate action, which is a bit of a mouthful. Um, but we were absolutely delighted with that because it is, of course, you know, in the field in which, well, I'm dedicated. Well, congratulations again. It's a huge achievement. It would be really great to start today's conversation with a little bit about your background and how, and probably more importantly, why you created Renewable English. Well, I'll, I'll do the nutshell version. Otherwise, we'll be here all day long. Okay. Um, so I've been in teaching for about 15 years. But I've, I've been involved in the environment, in, in activism since as long as I can remember, to be honest. So the twain met... Oof, Basically, when I started teaching, and it wasn't really until about 2016 that I realised the full potential that that you know teaching could have on environmental studies on the planet and such. When I, I worked at a, a private school where we got all of the fifth grade to work together to to write some letters to try and improve the the sustainability of the school, and and I saw that that kind of collective action was really working. So. From there, I, I just worked harder to, to develop Renewable English to hopefully get it out to as many people as possible and share that message with as many teachers and students across the world. Wonderful. So would you say that's what motivates you then, looking at how education impacts the planet and empowering those students to understand that? Exactly that. Exactly that. It's, it's so good when, when you, you see that kind of light bulb moment in students, you know, mm. and they they go out there and they start doing things for themselves and you know it it takes on a life of its own and all you have to do is you know be that spark in somebody and then they can go on and you know create the fire i guess if i'm using spark as an analogy i guess we should talk about a fire there <laughs> no that's wonderful and i think it's so needed now as well isn't it exactly that i've been having a good look on your website and the type of resources that you offer and am i right in thinking that renewable english goes beyond the learner and is also about educating the educators through your training exactly that it started out as a as a way of helping teachers you know, just provide them with materials so they could go into the classes. Because when I spoke to a lot of teachers, the, the issues they had were they didn't have enough time and they didn't have enough know-how. So the idea at first was just to create the materials and there are videos on there as well. So teachers literally just had to sit back and press play um, and all the materials were there for them. Uh, but yeah, then I thought, you know what, this isn't really enough to to spread out like that you know we need to be as teachers we need to be amplifiers of knowledge and and to help other teachers uh, you know I've created a training course and and I work with with various publishers to try and help spread that that knowledge as far as possible wonderful and you mentioned then about your um, materials online can you just give a bit more information about those and what types of materials they are at the moment there are two series on there uh, the first series was was really kind of the 
it was the start of everything. Obviously, it's the first series. <laughs> um, but one of the main drivers behind Renewable English was that, you know, we've got all these course books out there with hundreds and hundreds of different topics. But at the end of the day, they're really focused around sort of 10 or 15 general topics that we churn out year after year after year with this grammar-based syllabus and the same vocabulary about food, sport, the home, all of these different things. And there's absolutely no mention whatsoever of the climate or of the climate crisis or or, or of anything. Mm -hmm. So the idea of the first series is to take those main 12 themes and, and focus in on them and how we can look at the climate crisis through those different topics. So there are the there are twelve main lessons. There's also a bonus lesson all about bees because um, I've got a friend who who works with bees and and who doesn't love bees. <laughs> um, uh, so they're all available. They're all you can watch the videos and and within the videos there are there are interviews with experts in each area and uh, some youth activists as well and or sorry, change makers, as, as we should call them. <laughs> uh, there's also a whole bunch of tips in there that um, come from one of my favourite young change makers who, who happens to be my daughter, who brings out her top tips. <laughs> and yeah, some unfun facts and yeah, just some general materials on how we can focus those lessons. So, you know, at the end of each unit, there's usually a, like a culture section where we look at how Halloween is in... Ireland or something like that Mm -hmm. it's like that but it's with the climate focused on on fashion or beauty or something like that right and the second series is all about the sustainable development goals which I see as an incredible tool for education they're a wonderful way to help our students you know raise their awareness about a lot of different social justice issues perhaps you know as as sustainable development goals they're not possibly being achieved as well as they could be but as a tool for education they're brilliant so if you're thinking of adding those to your classes then feel free to head on over and just pull out the free materials great stuff and you talk then about an elt focus which is obviously where your area of expertise lies do you think there's a place for um for this type of format across all of the subjects or some of the subjects absolutely i mean it it really should be a cross-curricular topic if it isn't a topic in itself, mm-hmm. which I know that with some um, some publishers, they're moving out towards, you know, sustainability projects where they, you know, they bring all areas of STEAM into it, you know, so that there's all sorts of different topics coming into one. So yes. if we don't have that, which in a lot of cases we don't, then it really should be cross-curricular you know you can get history involved in Mm -hmm. the climate crisis without any problems whatsoever you know you can look at the big incidents that happened throughout history we can look at how people dealt with life before technological advances you know and how we can go back to those certain ways we can look at geography we can look at you know how different indigenous peoples across the world deal with farming deal with fishing and uh, and and take all of this into account when we're looking at sustainability. And it really should be cross-curricular and, and it should be from primary through to secondary. So with, with the materials I create, they tend to be for mm-hmm. ELT secondary. But I know that a lot of the schools that use them as well are, are in the UK and they're primary right, schools. Okay. So they can 
you know, adapt them to their materials easily enough. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there is a place for this completely cross-curricular and you, you could see it working as well, couldn't you? Like you say, you know, look at geography, look at history, look at those those subjects that absolutely leap out as as ones which would be, would be fantastic to weave this into. I mean, even math, to be honest, because there's so many numbers involved in when you talk about of course, yeah. facts and the climate crisis. And, and, you know, there are so many projects that you can do on uh, audits and tracking your plastic uses or trust tracking your energy usage mm. you can write you can draw graphs you can do all the maths things yeah and that point about facts is an interesting one because i know when you and i last spoke we talked a lot about news literacy um and how we can ensure today's learners not only have the an awareness of climate change but they also have that ability to be able to question sources of information and the messages that they're reading do you think renewable english plays a part in ensuring that our learners are news literate i hope so there are certainly areas of it that are, uh, they do focus on, you know, the source of where the materials have come from. Mm. Um, and in the, the following series, in the one coming up uh, in February, which starts in February, which is all about cultivating change makers, there is a look at, you know, eco-anxiety and, and ways to avoid that. And then, of course, greenwashing as well, which which is something that's, mm. it, it's really tricky to, to kind of unsee once you've seen it um, and suddenly you're walking down the street and almost everything seems like greenwashing. Can you explain that term greenwashing just to the listeners in case they've not heard of that before? Oh absolutely it's, it's when a company for example puts out an idea that they're doing something that is particularly sustainable uh, to basically hide from all the the bad things that they are actually doing towards the planet. So for a lot of fashion companies do this with you know their their recycled fabrics while they're at the mean, in the meantime, churning out tons and tons and tons of, of new fabrics and, and polluting water everywhere. But, you know, they are recycling three different things. So, you know, that idea that they are being sustainable and they're helping the planet while it, at the same time they're, they're polluting it. I think my favourite one, though, has to be um, whenever... I still have a petrol car. I can't afford any other kind of car. So when I do, you know, drive places, I have to put petrol in the car. Mm -hmm. And at the petrol station, um, when I'm printing my receipt, they say, do you want to print your receipt or do you want to help the planet? And you're just standing there at a petrol station thinking, me printing this receipt is making such a small, or, or not printing it, is making such a small impact in comparison <laughs> yeah. to, to what yeah. fossil fuels do to the planet. Mm. So I hope that's a good enough explanation. No, absolutely. No, it is. It, it is. really is. There's so many phrases and, and terminology now being banded around to make sure everyone understands it is important, I think. The next question it might be quite a difficult one there. I hope it doesn't throw you too much but we work with a really varied mix of publishers and ed tech companies across across the globe uh, producing print and digital materials largely for kind of primary up through secondary into um, kind of the academic journal publishing as well if you could give this varied mix of companies one same message about creating content that's not only sustainable but also fits in with the ideals of renewable English. What do you think that message would be? I think the, the most important message for these publishers and so on and so forth is to walk the talk, as it were. Mm. Don't just go out there making materials saying that, you know, you need to turn off the tap while you're brushing your teeth, which, of course, you do. 
Um, and that is a, a great starting point for a four-year-old. But walk the talk. So go out there and, and be open about who you're banking with um, and make sure you show people you're not banking with people who are investing in fossil fuels. Mm. Do your best to recycle any materials that you haven't finished. You know, re repurpose your books and, and, and print them again. And if you're doing that, then by all means, shout about it. But but don't only shout about certain materials that, you know, I've, I've worked on a project recently, which um, it was it was a great project to work on. I really enjoyed it. But it was that kind of, you know, scratching the surface thing. You know, it was that in terms of deforestation, it talked about using less paper rather than, you know, getting to the important side of yes, things and looking yeah. at mining and looking at agriculture and these other things that, that really do cause a huge amount of damage to rainforests and rather than just saying, you know, use both sides of your piece of paper. You know, it's, yes, yeah. Again, that is a great way to, to change that, that mindset in students. You know, if you've got five, six, seven-year-olds in your classroom, you can't, you know, be going out there and saying, well, did you know that the agricultural industry destroys a huge amount of uh, rainforest and what you need to do is, is stop eating meat? It, it doesn't work the same way with a with very young learners no you do need to have those very simple things they can do at home but i think there's far too much focus on the individual still in materials and so on so taking it to a larger scale would be really important is the long answer <laughs> no it's great and, I'm, and it made me think when you just said then because i was thinking about my next question i was thinking you know what if i if we had to ask that same question to our learners so maybe thinking about more of the secondary, the secondary age group, what what could they do? But you made a point then that it's not about the individual, it's more about the group. So is there anything as individuals you think we can be doing or our students can be doing to feel empowered to at least even have these conversations around climate change? Oh, absolutely. And, and the thing is, it has to start with the individual you know you can't suddenly go out there and, and become you know Greta 2.0 and you know change the world and, and collect hundreds of scientists essays and publish them as a book like it has to start with yourself so it has to be those small individual actions at first and even if it is going out on a litter pick which you know it can start with you but then it can spread out it can move on yes. and it, it can it can then become a community-wide thing and my advice would be start with those small things. So let's let's talk about schools, for example. Start with one thing like, okay, we want our school to be plastic-free, you know, single-use plastic-free. Mm -hmm. And that can start with an individual, but it can spread to the whole school. They can connect with schools across the globe, like connecting with people like Kids Against Plastic. Um, they can see the actions that other people do. And, and from there, it can build. And, you know, they can write letters to decision-makers and, and it starts with a small individual action, but it becomes group action and then it becomes community wide action. Mm -hmm. So that would be my my main piece of advice. It is start small, but but, you know, be persistent. Yeah, you have to start somewhere and you have to be realistic, don't you as well? Exactly. OK, my last question is a big one. <laughs> you and I have spoken separately. We've both got daughters at diff different ages and actually learning um, in different countries as well, being schooled in different countries. But in an ideal world in general, what would education look like to you? Oh, um... <laughs> <laughs> can take a breath and have a Yeah, think. so... Looking at a broader sense, rather than just the you know the sustainability side of things, I, I do think that it should be integrated as its own subject in in classes, of course. Um, but I think we need to step away from the 
the very traditional, you know, exam-based classes. I know here in Spain it's so focused. A child's ability is so focused around the score they can get in an exam. And and we know for a fact that that's not how somebody is intelligent. You know, that yes. people are intelligent in so many different ways. And so there needs to be far more project-based learning and inquiry-based learning in our classes. And that leads on perfectly to the environment and sustainability and, you know, cross-curricular studies. If if you have a project about, let's say, going plastic-free in your school, that can go across all your different subjects um, and your students can learn. It can integrate learning in all these different classes Teachers will work better together as well, and it won't be as stunted as it is now. I mean, at the moment, students go to maths class. They sit there for an hour, they're hammered with sums, and then they go to language class where they're hit there and they're hammered for an hour with something different, which, you know, I don't know because I'm not a language teacher, uh, of, of the Spanish language, that is. But, yeah, so I think integrating as many classes together as possible, more project-based learning would be would be fantastic. And, and far fewer exams because it's just something so wrong about seeing exam stress in a seven-year-old that, oh, gosh, that yeah. it's just not really okay. And, yeah, it reminds me of a few years ago when my daughter was really nervous about going to school because... She had an English exam. Um, now, my daughter's bilingual, so <laughs> there shouldn't have been the nerves there, but but they were. So, you know, fewer exams, more projects, more fun, more creativity, basically. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Harry. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for joining us. That was such an interesting discussion. Should we end by you? Could you let the listeners know where to go to to get those fantastic resources from Renewable English? Oh, of course. They can come to www renewableenglish.com um, or they can they can find Renewable English on almost every social media. <laughs> We're on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Um, we've tried TikTok but um, <laughs> other than the fact it takes up a lot of memory on our phones, it also takes an awful lot of effort to, to try and be cool. <laughs> Um, we're not we're not quite at that level yet so yeah at Renewable English um, across social media or RenewableEnglish.com wonderful thank you Harry thank you so much for having me Rebecca it was an absolute pleasure and I hope to speak to you again very soon for more podcasts from Westchester Education Services just search Westchester Words on Spotify Apple or Google Podcasts or you can find us on our website